but I've got to find it before I can ever read it. So hang on a minute. <laughs> okay. Let's open our Bibles a minute to Galatians. Chapter 5. We need to keep this scripture before us at all times. Because, and we need to be willing to have someone that loves us or people that love us speak into our lives when we um, get off or get angry or do not allow ourselves to be led by the Spirit like we should. So let's look at Galatians 5. Most people, you know, when a loved one tries to correct them, they become angry or offended. You shouldn't become offended. The best thing to do is go take it to the Lord and ask him, is this the truth? You know, am I acting like this? And I can guarantee you, there have been times when he said no, and there have been times when he said yes. Okay, are you ready? Galatians 5.1. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty. Notice that word, Liberty. Wherewith Christ has made us free. And be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. So he's saying that we can be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. In the Amplified it says, In this freedom, Christ has made us free and completely liberated us. Stand fast then, and do not be hampered and held ensnared and submit again to the yoke of slavery which you have once put off. So he's saying you've put it off. Don't put it back on. Amen? So I've been teaching on demons. And how many remember where we let off, left off last week? Anybody? Pardon? Did we get to possession? We actually did, huh? I thought we were still in obsession. Okay. Here we go. Let's look again at Mark 9.23. Did we do that scripture last week? So we still are in obsession then. If I didn't give you 9.23, I don't think that we finished obsession according to my notes. We didn't. Did we get to protect your willpower? Nope. Okay. Luke 9.23. 
Father, I thank you for the privilege that I have to teach this morning, that I have to allow the Holy Spirit to teach through me. So I yield myself to you, spirit, soul, and body, and I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you have full reign in my life to teach and minister and allow God to reveal scripture that maybe I don't have written down, but the Holy Spirit has been told by you to teach today. So I yield myself to you and I thank you that we can bind every principality and power. We can loose the angels the presence of God and a mighty move of your spirit. I'm asking you today to send the wind, the rain, the fire to breathe on us and open the vats of the new wine. And everyone said, Amen. What did I say? It was Luke 9 what? Okay. And he said to all, If any person wills to come after me, let him deny himself, disown himself, forget, lose sight of himself and his own interest, refuse and give up himself and take up his cross daily and follow me, cleave steadfastly to me, conform wholly to my example in living and if need be in dying also. For whoever would preserve his life and save it will lose and destroy it. But whoever loses his life for my sake, he will preserve and save it from the penalty of eternal death. So there is an eternal death. There's an eternal life and an eternal death. Hallelujah. So let's go ahead since we didn't go through all these. Obsession. We've gone into a lot of it. So I would like someone to tell me where we left off because I don't have my notes here. Someone that knows that you know that you know, you know what's right. Pastor, you told me you keep in t notes, so. We're in D? Right. Okay, causes of, obs of obsession. Okay, alrighty. Causes of obsession, one. Obsession can come by believing a lie. If what we believe is out of line with what others believe, we should check our... I'm talking about others that are word of faith people, others you trust, okay? Because there are some pretty wild beliefs out there, okay? We should check our beliefs and seek to know the truth. Otherwise, the devil may deceive us with an evil obsession. Two, obsession can come through jealousy... A wife or husband may get the idea that their spouse is not loyal. This thing preys upon his or her mind. And the, the devil makes the idea take root 
and grow like an evil vine. Finally, every time the mate turns his back, the jealous one says, now he has done something wrong. The very lives are destroyed simply because of an evilness of jealousy. And I've seen that happen so many times. Husbands and wives, if your mate is insecure, then you need to build that person up. Okay, you need to build them up because, you know, the enemy in this area has a field day. I hate to tell you. It's immature. You know, it, 1 Corinthians 13 is, is one that someone needs to really meditate. Okay, hatred can be, that's number three, an avenue to obsession. One can believe others dislike him and begin to hate them until he can't think straight. Now listen here. Hatred can be an avenue to obsession. One can believe others dislike him. This is how this starts. They, they believe it and they dwell on it and all of a sudden everybody dislikes them. Everybody has something to say. About, I mean, it's, I hate to say this, but their minds are, are twisted and they begin to think that everybody is out to get them. And that is, a, that is a horrendous state to be in, but it's obsession. We're down to the sixth, the sixth rung down the ladder, if you want to call it that. And I found this one to be a, a strong, strong, stronghold in people. And it's, it ends up turning into a, well, let's turn to Hebrews 12 a minute. Remember he, Esau and Jacob? It talks about a, a root of bitterness. Remember that? Strive to live in peace, verse 14, with everyone and pursue that consecration and holiness without which no one will ever see the Lord. He said, if you don't, you're not going to see the Lord. Exercise foresight and be on watch to look after one another to see that no one falls back and fails to secure God's grace, his unmerited favor and spiritual blessing in order that no root of resentment, rancor, bitterness, or hatred shoots forth and causes trouble and bitter torment. Who does this cause bitter torment to you? It's not going to harass them. It's going to harass you or the person that has the bitterness or has allowed this root of bitterness to, to dig in there, shoots forth and causes trouble and bitter torment and many become con contaminated and defiled by it. That no one may become guilty of sexual vice or become a profane, godless, or sacrilegious person as Esau did who sold his own birthright for a single meal. For you understand that later on, when he wanted to regain title to his inheritance of the blessing, he was rejected, disqualified, and set aside. 
for he could find no opportunity to repair by repentance what he had done, no chance to recall the choice he had made, although he sought for it carefully with bitter tears. Wow, that's heavy, isn't it? You see this, when you look at this, you know, the Bible talks about do not have fellowship with an angry man or woman because they, they pull you into, I hate to say this, but it pulls you right into their anger or you begin to hear what they have to say about, about a person and you begin to take sides. You don't want any part of that. No part of that at all. Okay, so let's go back. Hatred can be an avenue of obsession. One can believe others dislike him and begin to hate them until they can't think straight. You know, the enemy will try this on anybody. The best way to get over this is to go to the person. You say, well, I don't know if I can do that. The best way to get over this is to go to the person and talk it out. Have I offended you? If there's any way I've offended you, let's sit down and talk it out. If you can go, if you, if you go and nothing happens, then the word of God says you're to take another person with you. You know, with it's a brother in the Lord. Okay. One may become overwhelmed by his immorality and be unable to see anything pure and holy because he is blinded with the, this obsession. Oh, I've got to a different one, I'm sorry. Certain sins, such as moral transgressions, this is four, can become an obsession. This is immorality. One can become overwhelmed by his immorality and be unable to see anything pure and holy because he is blinded with this obsession. I'm going to share something that really has always amazed me. There are many people that feel like they're okay with God as long as they keep tithing. You know, you, you get out of church and you get into sin and you do whatever, but you keep tithing. I mean, tithing is a good thing, but I'm, I'm going to tell you, it's not going to get you to heaven. It really isn't. If that's your reason for tithing, when you, if you were to get out, none of, nobody here will do that, but if you were to get out in the world, <clears throat> it's not going to save you. It's not going to be your... And a lot of people do this. Don't get me wrong. A lot of people do this, but it, it's not going to be your lifesaver that you can stand before God and go out and live like the devil and then stand before God on judgment day and say, well, God, I tithed all those years. And he's going to say, that's nice, but what about repenting and turning from your sin? Amen? Okay, protect your willpower. The devil has many avenues by which to invade the human personality. Okay? When anyone develops a complex in any form, that person should pray, take, take this list, a complex in any form. They don't like me. People look at me funny. I'm too fat. I'm too skinny. I'm too whatever. You need to deal with it. Okay? 
that person should pray, read the word, and consult with a minister who has spiritual discernment to see if the devil is trying to obsess his entire being. An obsessed person comes to the place where he has no willpower. He has no strength to resist, so he becomes a slave. His mind gets on one track and it is impossible to change his thinking. When you get to this place, you need someone to help you. I'll be honest. Willpower, number um, two on protect your willpower is one of the greatest gifts God has given us. We should never lend our willpower to anybody. One of the great dangers of hypnotism, for instance, I don't know, has anybody ever seen somebody hypnotized? I'm going to be real honest with you. Has anybody seen that? I hate to even say this, but when Pastor and I were in the world, um, we went to see a hypnotist. And I'm going to tell you, those people were acting, I mean, I couldn't believe it. They were under someone else's power. And once that once you yield yourself over to that power, then... It's hard to break that thing. You know, if you have someone that comes to you, you know, that has gone through something like that, you really have to be sensitive to the spirit to break that power in them because they've yielded their will over to another person. Okay? <clears throat> Same thing as witchcraft when you get involved in the occult. Okay, so let's go on. We should never lend our willpower to anyone. One of the greatest dangers of hypnotism, for instance, is that one person must yield his will and spirit to another individual who may be utterly unscrupulous. There is danger that one may become a slave to the hypnotist. Being hypnotized frequently, one can become a servant to the one who places him in a trance. We need to warn everyone never to submit to hypnotism in every, every, any form. When I had my first child, that was um, the way that many doctors were going at that time. They thought that you could hypnotize someone and through ch childbirth where there, it would be painless. Well, the doctor I went to tried. I had so much willpower against that that he just gave up. You know, I was in the world. Just like, I'm going to tell you, Pastor and I did not get hypnotized. We just watched the show for a while, and I said, this is ridiculous, and got out of there. Okay, number three, fortune-telling. It can control a person's thinking until he tries to shape his life to fit the random prediction of a fraudulent seer, and many people do. We need to talk about astrology here, which can grip a person until he must read each day to see if the stars are right for him. And there are a lot of people that gauge their life on their astrology charts or their daily, you know, whatever it says daily. I've known people, not any Christians, fortunately, for, of course, drug, 
An alcohol addiction can obsess the life until a person is not able to govern himself anymore. Often it seems that alcoholism is a spirit. Although a person says he will never touch alcohol again, he suddenly has no power to resist it when this thing comes upon him. The same is true with drugs, which a person should resist as strongly as possible. You know, you see the street drugs that are out there now are, are just, I hate to say this, they're wasting our young people's lives. You know, it was bad, let's say five years ago, 10 years ago, but the stuff that's out there now is much worse. Anything that can destroy your willpower should be avoided. God wants his children to be men and women of decision who know right from wrong. They must no longer let obsession take over the mastery of their soul. Overcoming obsession. Once a person has fallen prey to demonic obsession, he needs a man or woman of God to pray a prayer of deliverance over him in order to be free. Do not feel that it's difficult or impossible to be set free from demon obsession. Jesus can set you free. He wants to set you free. I mean, that's his desire. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. Amen? We, can't, we shouldn't be afraid of the devil's power. In Mark 9, 23, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to them that believe. Amen? Okay, we're going to get into possession now. Have I seen demon-possessed people? Yes. Is it, is it an ugly sight? Yes. Do me, unfortunately, many people can be fooled and think that this person is actually acting out in religious acts, but they're not. <clears throat> We've had some evangelists that yielded themselves over to demon possession. And it's, it's really sad when that happens because so many people are deceived and so many people end up in trouble because of it. Okay, possession. Demon possession is the final step in, by which the devil captures an, an, an immortal soul. In this area, we're going to see and seek to be cautious and conservative in our thinking. Okay? A. The step from obsession to possession is a long step. The devil would like to push every obsessed person fully and finally into the clutches of full possession. Up to this stage, a person is not truly possessed. Can a Christian be possessed, you ask? Not if they're serving God. But a person can walk away with God and open the door up. If, you, if a person continues in sins that, gosh, I want to be really careful here. Thank you, God. I want to be very, very careful on how I say this. If I were to, let, I'm going to use it. I'm going to use adultery here. Brother Hagen taught on this much. If I were to openly go out and commit adultery on Pastor Dave and continue to commit adultery on him, it, he talked about two or three ministers or people that have been in the ministry. That could be a 
Sunday school teacher that's in the ministry, a children's director that could be, usually it's the five-fold ministry, okay, most of the time, or someone that has taught against things. And he shared, I believe it was two or three times, the Lord actually told him, don't pray for the person any longer because there's no more hope. And one woman was a pastor's wife who had committed adultery. People went to her and she said, I don't want to, I don't want to hear any more about it. I don't want to hear any more about God. Just, it was a final, that's it. Another one was a, a, another minister, a man. Same type of thing, it was sexual sin. And he didn't want to hear any longer. He just took off with the person. So we need to look at demon possession. This is a stage where the person is under absolute, total, and complete jurisdiction of the devil. They have yielded themselves over. They don't want to hear about God. They don't want to have anything to do with God. He has no mind of his own. The ownership of his soul by the devil is complete. In other words, they are no longer serving God. They have completely yielded themselves over to the devil. So they are no longer a believer. They once were, but they no longer are, or they never will. Were, okay? Satan is now the master of all that the person thinking and actions. And, and there, it, this just doesn't happen to a person. I mean, it's just not one day you're out there and you're obsessed, and then all of a sudden you become possessed. What happens is, unfortunately, many, many, many chances are given, and the person keeps, it's like the children of Israel, they kept crying out to God, we're sorry, we're sorry, we're sorry, but were they truly sorry in their heart? This is a heart thing. Just like we heard about this morning in giving, it has to come out of the heart. Amen. And so when you see a, a demon-possessed person, he has no mind to think, no spirit to reach for God, and no soul to pray for help. And there are some in this town. They just don't, you know, they'll growl and carry on and whatever. He's helpless in the hands of a diabolical monster, really. It is like the man, those who were oppressed, possessed, that Jesus set free. They didn't know Jesus. The demons knew who Jesus was because they said, what have we to do with you? They kn Can you cast us into the pigs? And but they had never known the Lord. Okay, so discerning demonic power. How can we know when a person is demon-possessed? There are many ways, and you might want to take notes. Uh, the devil often uses their voice and throat to speak. We've, <laughs> I've heard men under the influence of demon power speak to me with a, with a high voice. I've, sometimes you hear a woman with a gruff voice. An evil spirit is speaking through them. 
I heard Lester Summerall say, talk about the demon that was in the Philippines when he went. And it's kind of, it's an interesting story because he'd gone to the Philippines and he was trying to get services and really nobody hardly would come. And so finally the government went to him and said, we have this woman that's locked up and she has a demon, she claims a devil is biting her. And will you come and visit her? And she was totally demon possessed. How many have ever read the story of that? It's quite an interesting story. It's well worth, it's, well, too bad he's dead because it was well worth hearing him speak about it. But she was totally demon possessed. She did have something bite her. And he went up to the hospital where she was bound and she was set free. And the enemy, that demon kept trying to possess her. And one day he tried to possess, you know, get back in her and she grabbed hold of it and grabbed the, Terry, tell me if I'm getting this story wrong because I might have part of it wrong. Grabbed hold of some of the, it wasn't hair, it wasn't fur, they actually took it and put it under a microscope to see what it was. And it was of no animal or beast or anything that was known to man. And I've shared with you when I was in the hospital last, the three that appeared in the hospital and I knew exactly what they wanted. They wanted to enter into the guy that, or the person, woman, man, whatever that was next to me. And so I just kept buying, I just kept, I. I was dealing with my own self, but I knew if I did not command this thing out of here, this poor soul was going to be totally demon-possessed. And the way he described that demon in his book or when he talked of it, that's what the big one looked like. It had this fur, hair, whatever, like I've never seen in my life. And I just commanded it out of that room and it left. But later on, when I was recovering, they talked about a woman that was on, I don't know if it was on the floor I was on or one of the floors, that she was like a maniac. And I don't think she had been before her surgery, but this thing evidently had gotten in her because of what they kept saying, all the nurses were talking about, they didn't know how to handle it. They didn't know how to deal with it. And I was not told to go down there and deal with it, not in my condition, so it's whatever. (laughs) Okay, so demon possession reveals itself sometimes in forms of insanity, both temporary and complete. Doctors who work in institution and asylums know that the patient's mind may be very clear at one time and in another time, the person becomes like an animal. These people who are lost in the world of gloom and darkness and misery have the saddest faces in the world. Check these words out. Gloom, darkness, and misery. If you stay in that condition, you're opening up the door to oppression. And if you continue in it long enough, you're just going to give up on God and you know, I, no, nobody here is that's going to happen to, I pray. I mean, you'd have to leave the church to come and really get out there, okay? But check those words out. 
gloom, doom, darkness, misery. They have lost the power to rise above their problems. The devil has actually captured them and they live in Satan's chains. Now, when my son worked at, I never asked him once he got to um, Folsom Prison, but he worked, when he worked in Camarillo, it is true what they say about a full moon. As he used to say that they would all start howling at the moon and the, they, they, they would totally begin to manifest themselves. I mean, he said it was amazing. And I asked him one day, I said, well, you have the power. You know how to go out and cast the demons out. And he said, well, you know, one guy tried to do that. He was a Christian. He got fired for it. Isn't that sad? They didn't want, they didn't want the people delivered. And they could have been delivered. And he was honest. He said, I just, I need my job and I'm not going to, you know, I, I don't feel that God has told me to do that. Okay, three, demon possession always reflects in the eyes. Always. Always. If you discern spirits, demon possession reflects in obsession or demon uh, power in obs when a person is obsessed will show up in the eyes. The personality is projected through the eyes. Demon possessed person, the eyes are not normal. He cannot hold up his head to you. The devil will. I'm going to read something out of his notes. The devil will not let him. If he does, if he does, his eyes focus in a demonic stare, glare, and it is, it, you can't miss it. They're like, they don't want to look at you. If they know that you have the power in you to deal with it, you've got to get them. Every time I've had to deal with a demon-possessed person that did not know the Lord, I've had to get them to look, in, look at me. And I mean, they, if they really want to be free, you have to keep eye contact with them through the whole thing. Constantly saying, look in my eyes, look at me, look at me, okay? If he does, his eyes focus in a demonic glare. The devil changes the windows of the soul when he moves in. Matthew 6, 22 and 23. This is really important for people to understand this because the closer we come to the end, the more demon-possessed people are going to be out there. And they're coming in from other countries, okay? Boy, are they coming in from other countries. Always check out you back there when the full, that moon is full. You need to be in prayer. <laughs> the eye is the lamp of the body, so if your eye is sound, your entire body will be full of light. If your eye is unsound, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then <clears throat> the very light in you, your conscience, is darkened, how dense is that darkness? 24. No one can serve two masters. For he will either hate the one and love the other, or he will stand by and be devoted to the one and despise and be against the other. You cannot serve God and mammon, deceitful riches, money, possessions, or whatever. 
is trusted in. Therefore, I tell you, stop being perpetually uneasy, anxious, and worried about your life and what you eat or what you shall drink or about your body and what you shall put on. Is it not greater in quality than food and, and the body far above and more excellent than clothing? So he's talking about serving two masters. And I started talking about, and the Lord reminded me I didn't finish. When a person is obsessed, it takes a while for them to go from obsession to where they just finally pack their bags pretty much, move out, and allow the enemy to overtake them. But they start getting wilder and wilder and wilder, yelling, cursing, drinking, doing whatever it is that they used to do when they were in the world. It becomes worse and worse. And vile, foul words, words will come out of their mouth towards those that at one time they loved. What do you do with a person like that? You bind it. But if their will is so strong that they want to go out and do whatever it is they desire to do, you can't control them. It's their will. And I shared with you, I believe I shared during this, not this session, but during this time about the woman that we got the call in the middle of the night and her sister decided to cast the demons out of her and she no more knew how to cast the devils out of this woman than an ape. And we got the call and I hit past her and I said, you've got to get up and he could hear it through the phone, the growling and the carrying on. And he was like, oh, brother. And I said, we have to go because this woman has locked herself in the bathroom. And she was very strong. Her, the gal whose husband, the gal who's called, husband was a big guy. And she, what was she laying on the floor with her feet against the bathroom door? And how did you get her out? Did you break the door? <laughs> He doesn't remember and he doesn't want to. But they finally got her out. But the whole time it was like a snapping turtle. I'm not kidding. She was biting at their legs, you know, like trying to get their legs. And I finally, one of them had boots on. I just said, stick your foot in her mouth and was able then to deal with the thing. Got her all completely freed, totally normal. And she looked at me, and what did she say? I liked what I had. She wanted them back. And I looked at her and I said, you can have them. And I knew, I mean, I tried to convince her out of it, but she didn't want any part of it. It's yours, it's your, you know. I looked at her sister and I said, did you hear that? She said, yes. And I said, then you know what you're dealing with. And, you know, if a person wants them, there's, you can't, there's nothing you can do. Okay? And I, we just said, you know, we've done what we can do. And I looked at the girl and I said, don't try to cast any more demons out of her and call me. Just the gal didn't want it. Unfortunately, that's a horrible, that's a horrible thing. That was a very hard thing to leave. Often, number four, often the way a person walks reveals demon possession. The devil takes over his body and he cannot walk as other people do. There's a strangeness in the way he walks. And that is the truth.
It's just strange. You look at them and, and you'll, you have to sit and watch them for a while, but they don't, they don't walk normal, okay? Five. For God's servant, the way to tell if a person is demon-possessed is spiritual discernment. And to me, that's the one gift that every, we taught on the gifts the other night, briefly, the women. That is the one gift that I would be asking for. If God is within me and the devil is within another person, when we meet, there is a tremendous clash of spirits inside. Some would call it conflict of personalities. The, um, if you take any type of training in psychology, they will talk about multiple personalities. No, it's demons. But it's not. It has nothing to do with personality. It is the warfare of opposite spirits. Six, demon power is catching. The devil's power is as contagious as the measles. Those under his power want others under it too. A smoker tries to spread his habit to a non-smoker. A dope addict tries to deceive others until they are hooked. Leprous, immoral perverts, that's a good way to put it, look for an unwary to lead them into sin. Latent victims are urged into, tra and into the trap by aggressors. And people with fear and depression may have unreasonable desires that others suffer as they do. Listen to this. And people with fear and depression may have an unreasonable desire that others suffer as they do. The first stages of demon possession often result from association with others already under the devil's control. Which is sad. You might be a, a Christian and unfortunately so many Christians today are walking walking the fence. Remember what Jesus said? Be hot or cold, but if you be lukewarm, I will spit you out of my mouth. Well, you're open prey because if you're lukewarm and not on fire for God, you've got one foot over here and one foot over here. And I hate to say this. We just read the scripture. Who you hang around with, you will become. Okay? And it's the truth. Some people don't like this sermon, but that's fine. Um, to some people, the words demon possession means something dirty. We need to have a new approach on this subject. Some of the finest people in the world have been assaulted by the devil and in some instances conquered. The Lord is just willing to heal a person who is tormented by the devil as he is to heal a bad cold. Deliverance comes through the same kind of power with the same anointing and the same kind of faith. Now I want to share something with you. If you've been, if you've had a mate that you know was demon oppressed, possessed, whatever, and they left, they will try to blame you for their situation. Do not accept it. They have a will and they do what they want to do no matter what. And they'll try to put the blame back they're always, constantly, it's always someone else's fault. 
you know, there's different names for it. Bipolar, I mean, there, there's a name for, for every one of them, okay? But when you get right down to it, it's demonic, it's demonic oppression or possession in their body, okay? We're not to fear the devil. In the last days, every believer and disciple of Christ sh should set men free from the devil's power. That is one thing that Jesus spent a third of his time doing. People, some people say a fourth, but he spent a third of his time casting devils out of people. Why? Why would he do that? Because he wanted to see them free. Many Christians do not realize the authority and power which belongs to them as God's children. The Bible says in James 4, 7, we need to look there. Hope you're getting something out of this. Trust me, you will have the opportunity for this. I bet you've seen some come in the bank. They get mad. They get they cuss out people. <laughs> you see a lot of them on the road anymore. <laughs> it's kind of, you know, weaving in and out, and you're like, good night, four seven. <clears throat> Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Stand against, oppose. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. It says here, be subject to God, resist the devil, stand firm against him, and he will free, flee from you. So he's nothing to be afraid of. I told you about the church that we started a school of ministry in, and... We came, we came on time, and they had all the, this was in a lousy neighborhood. They had all the kids outside. It was already dark. They had all the kids outside, and the doors were locked. We were like, what is going on in there? We went in, we opened the door, we went in, and there were, the adults were in a circle around this woman who was a professor at one of the colleges in that town. And she was on the floor um, slithering around on the floor like a snake the whole tongue the whole thing and I'm like what on earth and I asked someone I said how long has this been going on and I believe they said two hours correct three hours and so I just walked I couldn't stand watching it I'll be honest I could not and I just found the spirit that was in her and the cause of it and the, and the, the thing stopped and it started speaking, how did you know? How did you know? They were trying to cast out a spirit of fear. That was no more a spirit of fear than... And um, I bound it. And she got up. She was normal. Still had it. She was normal. And the pastor came to, our, to the house and he said, I disagree with you the next day. He said, I disagree with you. And I said, well, we're under you. You can disagree all you want, but tell me one thing. Did the thing stop and you'd been working for three hours? And he said, yes. And I, I was respectful. So she showed up at a um, Woman's Aglow thing, dinner, with men and women. I, I felt for the woman because she was a very intelligent woman. She was a 
very well-known instructor in the town. And it started at the meeting. Same thing. And she said, I fooled Pastor and said his name at the meeting. And I thought, oh, God, um, heaven help her. You know, no, nobody wants to see a person in that, in that condition. So we're not to fear the devil. We have the power for him. We resist him. You don't run from him. He runs from us. He has, there is no point in both of us running. <laughs> you know, or allowing the enemy to chase him. Or remember the ones that went in and tried to, the sons of Sceva, and tried to get rid of the demons. They came out naked. The seven sons of Sceva came out naked. In 1 John 3, 8. He that committeth sin is of the devil, and the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy, what? Destroy the work of the devil. Okay. I'm going to give some scriptures here that we need to give so people understand. If you've done any of these, you need to renounce them and um, come talk to me. Leviticus 19.13. I'm going to try to go through these pretty fast, so hang on. They're written down, so I'm going to just go through Regard them not that have familiar spirits, neither seek after wizards, to be defiled by them, I am the Lord your God. If you could, can you get him a mic down? Because I'm going to have him read it out of the. I can do it. Everyone, that's okay. Leviticus 9. Do you have the, the amplified right there? Leviticus 19, 31. I've got it. Turn not to those mediums who have familiar spirits or to wizards. Do not seek them to be defiled by them. I am the Lord your God. Do not seek them out to be defiled by them. Okay? Leviticus 26, 20, verse 6. The person who turns to those who have familiar spirits and to wizards, being unfaithful to Israel's maker, who is her husband, and thus plain the harlot after them, I will set my face against that person and will cut him off from among his people that he may not be included in the atonement made for them. That's heavy. Deuteronomy 18.10. You know, when Saul went to the witch, he knew exactly what he was doing. He was so far out there. Deuteronomy 18.10. A lot of people don't know this stuff. A lot of Christians don't know this stuff. Usually, I'll be honest with you, if a person, then I'll help somebody here that's going to school. If a person has been into um, the occult or pornography, 
they end up in some form of witchcraft, whether it be drugs, whether it be sex, whether it be open occultism, they end up in that. Okay, Deuteronomy 18.10. These shall not be found among you. Anyone who makes his son or daughter pass through fire or who uses divination or is a soothsayer or an augurer or a sorcerer or a charmer or a medium or a wizard or a necromancer. For all these things are an abomination to the Lord for it is because of these abominational practices that the Lord your God has driven them out from before you. And then they let them back in. God drove them out, they let them in. Isaiah 8, 19 through 21. I always tell people, watch and know who prays for you. Because you don't know what they've been in. And you don't know if they've been delivered from it. I had a person one time come to me who had been prayed by someone that had been in a form of the occult. And they ended up totally messed up. They knew it the minute they were prayed for. All right. Let's see. Let's go to 19. Um, what did I say? 18 and 19? 19 through 21. And when people who dwell on Mount Zion in God shall say to you, consult for direction, mediums and wizards who chirp and mutter, should not people seek and consult their God? Should they consult the dead on behalf of the living? Such direct such people to the teaching and to the testimony if their teachings are not in accord with this word it is truly because there is no dawn and no morning for them and they who consult mediums and wizards shall pass through the land sorely distressed and hungry that when they are hungry they will fret and will curse by their king of their god and whether they look upward or look to the earth, they will only behold only distress and darkness. Okay, this is truly talking about seek, seeking those that have familiar spirits, fortune tellers, tarot cards. Some tell fortunes through cards, some tell fortunes through your hands, some tell fortunes through tea leaves. This is what it's talking about here, okay? First Chronicles 13, 13 through 14. This is the one I could never figure out. You know, sometimes people become very desperate and sometimes a loved one dies or something and they become very desperate and they'll go to someone that they 
that says I can call up that person or, or, or find out what's going on or, or whatever. And um, God's real direct on how, you know, how he feels about this. And we need to confess those sins before him and ask him to forgive us. Amen? Okay, 1 Chronicles 10, 13, and 14. Say First Chronicles ten thirteen and fourteen. Okay, so Saul died for his trespasses against the Lord in sparing Amalek for his unfaithfulness in not keeping God's word, and also for consulting a medium with a spirit of a dead of the dead to inquire, pleading of it, and inquired not so of the Lord in earnest penitence. Therefore, the Lord slew him and turned the kingdom over to David, son of Jesse. God doesn't like this stuff, I'll tell you. I could never, I, you know, he had to have gotten so bad. You know, it talks about God sending an evil spirit to harass him. Okay, Luke four forty one. And devils also came out of many crying out and saying, Thou art Christ, the Son of God. And he rebuked them, suffering, suffered them not to speak, for they knew he was Christ. Trust me, every one of them knew that when Jesus came on the scene. 7, Acts 16, 16. And it came to pass, as we went to prayer, a certain damsel, possessed with the spirit of divination, met us, which brought her, ma her master's much gain and soothsaying. Hang on a it's amazing to me. The same followed Paul and us and cried, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God, which show unto us the way of salvation. And this did she many days. But Paul, being grieved, turned and said to the Spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out that same hour. And when her master saw that the hope of their gains were gone, they caught Paul and Silas and drew them into the marketplace under the rulers. Okay. 1 Timothy 4.1. Remember the pastor that was selling all that garbage? He had a store in, where was that place? Baja. Little Baja, but where was that? Moss Landing. Moss Landing. And a pastor had bought some stuff there, and I, I've shared this before. He bought a picture there, and <laughs> no, he bought, a, he bought a Mexican sundial. And after we got saved, his sister got saved. And she said, this thing is really, there's harassment on this thing. Can we get rid of it? And um, he said, destroy it. And when they broke it, voices came out of it. It was real interesting. And the voices that came out said, we are going, we're here to destroy this family. And... Um, 
my niece heard it. I think your sister heard it. Am I correct? And so they busted it and broke it and got rid of it. He had bought it at this place, that little Baja shop. Well, it followed my sister-in-law and her family home. And they called and we shared what to do with it and deal with it. But as we were driving past that shop, and I've shared this before and I don't really like to share it, but the Lord kept telling me every time we, every time we went to his parents, we had to drive by it if we took that road and it was the quickest way. And the Lord told me, go talk to that man. He has a huge goiter and it's gonna kill him. And I was like, God, I don't want to do this. And he kept telling me, go talk to the man. I didn't, I didn't know the man at that time was a pastor, okay? And so finally I went and talked to our pastor. I had enough load on deliverance and stuff in Santa Cruz in our church, and he said, go talk to him. I had drug pastor with him. He said, you need to go talk to him. And I went, okay. So I grabbed my friend that I took along with me when I would minister and I, the three of us went and we found him and he did, he had a goiter and that thing, I'm not kidding, it was this big. And so I found him and I told them first, I said, I wanna, I wanna walk through here and really see what's in this place. And it was just full of darkness. All kinds of idols and junk from Mexico and I don't know if he got stuff other places. Anyway, I found him and I looked at him and I looked him right in the eye and he started doing this dance. You know where the Bible talks about they'll dance with their feet and whatever. And I said, the Lord has told me to come and talk to you and this is what he's told me to say. And so I told him, you need to get rid of your stuff. And he knew exactly what the stuff was. And he said, other Christians have come in here and told me the same thing. But I never bought the first shipment of it. He said, I went to Mexico and I picked up the stuff and I didn't buy any of that stuff. And when I got home, it was on my truck. And I said, well, that should have shown you something right there. If you didn't pay for it, then who put it there? You should have destroyed it. You should have gotten rid of it at that point because he knew it was wrong. But he felt it was okay because he hadn't bought it and it ended up on his truck. And so he asked who's your pastor? And I said, I told him. I think I gave him the number. I said, call him. I said, he told me to come here. So you call him. And so he called my pastor, the pastor we had at that time. And he said, I make a quarter of a million dollars out on the other stuff. Not the occultic stuff, but on the other stuff, and this brought it up to what, a million? I think it was, a year. And Pastor Copper told him, he said, you make enough money. Why are you keeping this stuff? And he said, well, God hasn't told me to get rid of it. And um, he said, yeah, God has. He sent, he sent her to tell you to get rid of it. Do you know that we had switched churches right before we went to Raymond because we were so involved in ministry. We didn't want to cause a, um, a harassment and everything. And so we had gone to this little church that had been in studying Brother Hagen and Kenyon for 20 years. And they had, every Wednesday, they had this 
prayer meeting that was well known. It was a really small, small church, but it was well known. Stanford would call them when they would have cases that they could not handle. Like they had a girl that was bleeding out of every pore, her nose, her everywhere in her body, and they called and they prayed and she was healed. And so we, we had left the church, but we still kept our relationship with our old pastor. But I looked at that. We heard one day, I was at the prayer meeting, and, we, and I heard this pastor was dying that owned this. He was at Stanford dying that owned this little Baja. And um, we prayed for him. And I just said, God, whatever. You know, that was kind of my thing, whatever. Well, I don't think he died then. I think God gave him another chance, and he still didn't get rid of it, and he finally died. You would think that, a per but he looked at me and he said, this goiter is dead. It's not alive. And I said, well, wouldn't you want to get rid of it? Well, it was alive, okay, it was choking him to death. That happened not too long after, so let's move on. So you might be told to go do that. Are you willing to do it? Or act like I did every time I drove by for about a month or two. Okay, 1 Peter 4.1. Now the Spirit speaketh expressively in the latter times. Some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. We are in this right now. 9, 2 Peter 2.1-3. But also in those days, there arose false prophets among the people just as there were false teachers among yourselves who will subtly, S-U-B-T-L-Y, introduce heretical doctrines, destructive heresies, even denying and disowning the master who brought them, bringing upon them swift destruction. And we see that today. Many people are now calling God a woman. And many will follow their immoral ways and lascivious doings. Because of them, the true way will be maligned and defamed. Verse 3. In their covetousness, lust, greed, they will exploit you with cunning false arguments from, old, from the old sentence of condemnation, for they have not been idle their destruction, eternal misery, has not been asleep. That was from the Amplified. Last scripture, and you can say hallelujah. 1 John 4, 1 through 6. Beloved, y'all got that? Are y'all there? Believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are God because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Boy, are they ever. Two, hereby know ye the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesses not Jesus has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist. Wherefore ye have heard that it shall come, and even now already is in the world. Verse 4, you are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. 
verse 5, They are of the world, therefore speak they of the world, and the world heareth them. 6, We are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the, true, the spirit of error. That's what God desires for us in the last days. And you should be able to pick it out immediately. You know, we prayed the other night for the gifts of the Spirit to be in operation in our lives. And I believe that God is already moving in that direction in many of you. So I'm done. I'm going to pray. And if anybody has any questions after, I'm going to sit here and you can come up to me. Jesse, pastor's going to meet with you guys for a little while. Well, it'll, you know, you can fellowship for a little while, and then he's going to take you guys in the office for the baby dedication. Oh, you want to come on up here? Don't play or tempt the devil's games. Here, I want you to sit, and then you can close. Okay. Uh, with all that, uh, what you've spoken, don't play or tempt the devil's, attempt to play the devil's games because he, you'll lose. Because you, you look at people that get into pornography, they just look at it first and pretty soon it just evolves and it gets too big for them. They begin to play out that thing. Same thing with drugs. You start playing with it. All oh, this is not going to do anything. And you find that you talk to those guys that are heavy into the drugs, how they get started? They started with the small, what do you call that stuff? Marijuana joint or something. And it just grew on them. And they can't kick that habit. The devil's going to let you play where, as, as much as you want and think you're going to have victory over everything that uh, you're doing. But you're not. You've got to get, you, the only way you're going to kick that is be 100% for the Lord. Okay, just think about that. You want to pray? You want to go towards the back? It's sad. And the saddest part is you see people go back to their... You know, when people sin, if you've ever... When, when people backslide, have you ever noticed that they go back to the same thing? Have you ever noticed that? They go, it's not a new thing. You know, they don't all of a sudden have a problem with lust and go rob a bank. That's not what happens. They go back to the old things. That's why Galatians 5, 1 says, talks, says what it says. Because just be, when you stop, that still familiar spirit is still there to harass you. And it will try to involve you again and the number one way it can is through bitterness. That is, that is the strongest stronghold I've seen, is bitterness and strife, those two. If, you, if he can get you involved in that, then he can start picking at you, just picking at your mind constantly. And it'll, like I shared today, it'll go to, well, so-and-so doesn't like me, or so-and-so doesn't do this, or whatever. And it'll keep picking until you've lost control of a part of your mind
that you need to function properly in the things of the spirit. And every time a person has backslid and come back to the Lord, it's been the same. I can, I can honestly say it's been the same thing every time. So think about that. Think about your, you know, that's why Paul said, I refuse to go back there. I refuse. In other words, what I truly believe he was saying, I refuse to even think about my past. So Father, we just thank you. We praise you. I ask you to minister this word out on the airways, whoever listens to it. I pray for Shekinah too as they hear this word, as they're listening to these series. I ask you, Father God, to bring forth deliverance and healing and restoration in the name of Jesus. And I thank you, God, that greater are you that's in us than he that's in the world. A, per, a Christian can't be possessed. They have to totally walk away from the things of God. And I thank you for that, Father. I pray, Father God, if there's anybody in the sound of my voice that hears this, they will receive complete healing and deliverance if that's what they desire. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah.